0: Happy Friday and welcome to Movie Rob Minute. Today we are discussing Minute 5 of this daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me again today to finish off the week is Jay Kluitt of the Deep Blue Sea podcast and Life vs. Film. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Hi, Rob. I'm excited to talk about the
1: true villain of Planes, Trains and Automobiles, the... The the worst killer in the whole thing. It wasn't Kevin Bacon. <laughs> not at all. Kevin, he's just he's just out there trying to trying to catch a cab as well. Uh, this this guy we
0: meet today, this guy, not yeah. a fan. Well, minute five starts with Neil looking at the cab as it's quickly taken by Kevin Bacon, and goes all the way till we see a steamer trunk being placed in the trunk of the cab. So I first want to mention that I forgot to mention on yesterday's episode when we were talking about the script and everything like that, that in minute four, there were absolutely no changes in the script besides the fact that it mentions, it calls Kevin Bacon a young broker. I think that's how they, they describe him. And that was pretty much it. Nothing else. Just call him Kevin Bacon. Let's have him play himself. Let's have okay. some fun with it. <laughs> Here, it says a broker in his mid-20s. That's what he's called. <laughs> so now we have that. As what happened yesterday, Kevin Bacon grabbed the taxi, and basically Steve Martin is once again back in trouble because he still needs to try to get to catch his plane. He's, he's is, not is having no very much these luck. Guys, like, I feel like Neil Steve Martin should have
1: made the effort to try and find out where Kevin Bacon's going. So I feel like a lot of people at this time will be heading to JFK, like trying to get a plane out. That's where you might go from New York. They could share. Theoretically. I know if it's New York. Everyone hates each other in New York. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, common decency, perhaps. Like, the same with. We haven't got to the guy yet, but the, the scumbag who won't give him a taxi. He yeah. also might be going to JFK. <laughs> he also might. They could also just, like. It's no, it's not
0: a long journey. But no, but. Like 45 but minutes or something. Would... Taking a cab doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to an airport. I mean, most people. I know, but they could at least. It, it's possible.
1: It, it's, it's rush hour in. in, in New York. Lots of people commute to New York. Lots of people are heading home for the holidays. I don't think it's it's out of the possibility that either of these guys could be heading to an airport. It should be the first question, shouldn't be Neil asking the guy, "Hey, can I buy the cab off you?" It should be, "Where are you going?" Right. Okay, split the bill, or well, screw it, I'll cover the bill, <laughs>
0: free taxi. I'll put, I'll I'll cover it. <laughs> just just let me in. That definitely makes sense, but I guess it just we have fun watching a movie where he does that. That's yeah, true. Right. Then Kevin Bacon's character looks over at the defeated Neil, and he salutes him. Salutes. As he calmly gets into the cabin. So I, I decided I was going to do a little bit of research as to what a salute is. Do you, do you know where, where what the history of a salute is? I don't, but I don't think it was meant for this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real dick move from Kevin Bacon. Completely, completely. <laughs> so a salute was actually originated in medieval France where knights would lift up their visors to show that that they have friendly intentions. They basically were saying, this is who I am, and I am not afraid. So that was was one explanation that I found. Then I found on uh, another site, it was talking about that in the U.S. Army Quartermaster School, they give another explanation where they say it was military courtesy that provided for everyone removing their headgear when they were in presence of their superiors. So that was the, the form of, of okay. salute. That you know you'd see your commander and you'd take your hat off at the same time. So in the American Revolution, during the American Revolution, British soldiers still were saluting by by removing their hats, which I think would make it easier to get shot. <laughs> if you're taking off your hat, you know, reminds <laughs> me of, of that that little point in in saving Private Ryan right at the beginning, where one of the guys Gets shot in the head, you know, in his helmet, and then pulls off his helmet, and he goes, "Oh, you're so yeah. lucky, lucky." So, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and, yeah. and And then the sniper was was pretty good on the second shot too. So what basically happened was is that because they started giving more and more headgear to all of all of their soldiers over the years, so they decided to convert it into a simple hand gesture, where you're either grasping or touching the visor. And then is- issuing a courteous salutation. So that that's the second explanation okay, but, as to why they do that.
1: But in this instance, it's a, it's a left-handed salute from Kevin Bacon, which is
0: right. Well, maybe he's left-handed.
1: Uh, so, well, even then, you would still salute with your right hand. I looked into this because a, a left-handed salute is only uh, deemed acceptable if your right hand is incapacitated or missing, uh, or if you're the drum maid of the Army Fife and Drum Corps, oh, or wow. a boatswain's mate. Those are the only times when a left-handed salute is, is acceptable. Otherwise, if you salute with your left hand, but you're at right... Basically, it's, you salute with your left hand, unless your right hand okay. is missing, or you want to lose.
0: That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> so, so, saluting an officer with your yeah, left so. hand would mean they could take your right. <laughs> I actually have a little <laughs> personal story about saluting. when When I was in basic training in the Israeli army, almost 30 years ago, it was 20, 28 years ago. So one of the things that that you have there is that when you, you have to, during basic training, you have to salute your, 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 the officers. Right. And there are two ways of doing it. You usually don't use your hand because when you're carrying your gun, so there's a way of saluting when you're holding your gun. And so there was one time when I was in a particular place And one of the commanders walked by and I was carrying a whole bunch of, I don't remember what I was carrying. I was carrying something in my arms. So I basically pulled my arm out from under and gave him a salute with my hand instead of the gun. And then I walked away. And then I found out that I actually got my weekend pass revoked because I didn't salute properly. So I was, I was obviously a little upset about that. Then because I had helped, I was doing something for this particular officer. So 20 minutes later, half hour later, I don't know what it was. I went back to the to the shooting range where everyone else was already finished with their with their training, and my personal my my I guess second lieutenant was there. He was the the the, the shooting, he was running the shooting for, for all of us, and then he sent me to go into the range to to put up the the different uh, posters you know, in order to shoot at them. So I started running with them, and then he called out to me. So I knew I got in trouble. So I turned around. I threw down the targets. The tar- so targets I threw yeah. down targets and gave him the proper salute with my gun. So he came over to me and started yelling at me. He says, what are you doing that for? He says, if you have something in your hand, you're supposed to salute with your hand. Not with that. And I said, I just got lost my weekend pass with the other officer because I did it the other way. And he says, no, that's not right. So he went and talked to the other officer, and I actually got my weekend pass back. So I I thought right. about that when when we, when I was doing this little – information about saluting. So it was pretty interesting. So I actually looked up on, on, there was a website about saluting that talks about in every single country what they do about saluting. So I'm not going to start telling everybody about all the different ones, but basically (laughs) they they said in the Israeli army that people salute only during basic training and during special ceremonies. In the regular day-to-day activities, there's no saluting done whatsoever, even if you see a high-ranking officer or anything like that. And did you ever see the movie uh, The Last Castle by Rod Lurie? It's with no, uh, it's with Robert Redford and James Gandolfino, Gandolfini. So in that movie, they have a long discussion about saluting because it's, it's basically they're in a, a, a an army prison camp and they're not you're not allowed to salute there. And Robert Redford starts teaching some of the the other prisoners there that they'd be saluting. And stuff like that. And he basically says that that a salute is all about respect, respect for yourself, respect for the service, and for the flag. So, I mean, I love that movie. I think it's a great movie. It, it says a lot. I mean, Rod Lurie is is a great writer. I don't know if you've seen any. Have you ever seen any of, any of his movies? Uh, his name bell, So I don't. I wouldn't like okay. to say. He also did the the TV show The Madam President with uh, Gina Davis. Nope. There's your Rennie Harlan connection. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Rennie Harlan, yeah. Yeah. Well, former Mrs. Rennie Harlan. Yes. And then after, so after Kevin Bacon salutes, he basically then runs his hand through his hair. It is
1: Laura's hair, so I don't blame him.
0: Yeah. That's true. But still, it's just funny the way that he does it. It makes it look as if he's, you know, I I tried looking up what it, you know, what does in body language, what does it mean when you run your, your fingers through your hair like that? And I got so many other answers that are not related to here. They said people will run their hands through their, their hair if they're attracted to somebody, if they're nervous about something, if they're stressed, if they're frustrated, or if they disagree with what's being said. And that is none of these things there. So, like you
1: said. Well, I would say he's just run a long way. Maybe he's just like flattening his hair down from having – it could be all over the place. He's not looking in the mirror, but maybe he's feel like, okay, my hair could be sticking out.
0: I'm just going to flatten it as I can. That 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 uh, is a possibility. Yeah, he's adjusting his appearance. <laughs> it's definitely a possibility, but I, I just you know I was trying to figure out if there's if there's a real reason behind it. because it could be all you know like a, a psych move you know psych you know you thought you were going to yeah. be able to get this cab but psych I got it first or something like it's that. It's a little it's a it's a, it's a victory yes. hair brush. exactly. <laughs> there you go. So Neil then picks himself off the ground, and then we you can when he's picking himself up you can see that there is a trunk that's right behind him. This, this it's Sedgwick. Trunk. Yes. It's still there you Sedgwick, go. the whole trunk. <laughs> so then he, he shakes himself off and then he turns around and he sees this steamer trunk, which has some really interesting things on it. Did did, did you notice anything uh interesting about this steamer trunk? I, I I didn't well I don't there's there's a whole bunch of stickers. I didn't go into
1: them because I figured that A you would and B there's <laughs> this is gonna appear many times throughout the course of
0: this this podcast. So I figured. Yeah. Uh, I'd let somebody else. Do okay, that. well the first thing is is I noticed the, the address and the you know the stamp has got like three padlocks is what I'm yeah, yeah we'll get to that in a <laughs> second. So first of all I noticed that that you know his name is Del O. Griffith, care of American Light Fixtures, Shower Curtain Ring Division, P.O. Box sixty six hundred, Chicago, Illinois. Which this basically tells us that Chicago is his home base. You never specifically it's never mentioned throughout the movie why Dell is specifically going to Chicago. You know, he doesn't say I'm going to my house in Chicago or anything like that. You know, because he travels all around all the time. So this tells us that he is originally from Chicago. So that must be his reason why he's going there. And then he has, well, first of all, what are his initials?
1: Dog. Yeah. Uh just like in There you go. Uh, Bar. In, in Spiceful. <laughs> Uh, but also, do you reckon the O stands for nothing?
0: Yeah, northwest kind exactly. of. Them? Roger O'Thornhill. or
1: is it supposed to be like a, a shower curtain ring? It
0: could be. They you know. <laughs> and then he has a whole bunch of stickers from various hotels. So one of the hotels that you can see is from the Miami Colonial Hotel, which is located on Biscayne Boulevard in Miami. It was built in 1925. The Count of Carole- uh, Caraloga who was the heir to the throne of Spain, actually died in the hotel in 1938. He, The whole family had hemophilia, and he got into a car accident, and instead of going to the hospital, someone brought him back home to the hotel, and he ended up dying there. And this is actually the only hotel that is still standing from the 1920s, as of today, after 100 years. Another sticker is from the Jefferson Davis Hotel, which is located in Montgomery, Alabama, where there is a radio station located in that particular hotel, the WSFA radio station, where Hank Williams used to perform. And Did you know that hotels did stickers? Nope.
1: Is this a no. thing that I just think oblivious to? <laughs> I never to. thought about it. Maybe in the 80s <laughs> they did. Now they have websites. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I never... I hadn't paid close attention to the these were hotel stickers. I assumed this was like, yeah, stamps on a passport for countries you visit. I assumed this was kind of like
0: uh, stickers yes. from different countries, not different That's hotels. True. I, I never thought <laughs> of that until I started looking at what, what's written on them, you know, for when I was doing my research here. I, as, as, you, as you said, I always thought that there were stickers for different places that he's been, well, which they are, but different cities that he's traveled to or stuff like that yeah so then there's another one that's from the Ben Milam Hotel, which completely threw me off because I know who Jefferson Davis is you know do you know who Jefferson Davis is was he was the president uh, of the, I, Confederacy I the name but not during from what? The, the Civil war okay so Ben okay so Ben Milam uh, I have no enough clue enough. who he was <laughs> all right this is from a hotel in Houston, Texas. It was the, first of all, the hotel was built in 1928. It was the first air-conditioned hotel in Houston. And it is, Houston is actually known as the city that has the most air-conditioned, it's the most air-conditioned city in the world, which I found to be pretty interesting. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations, you did it. <laughs> and Ben <laughs> was actually a military leader during the Texas Revolution. And he was killed during the Siege of Bexar, where basically they had 20 Texans were killed. And they they killed over 400 Mexicans during this raid, which happened before the Alamo. So the Alamo, I think, was in 1837. So this was, uh, I guess, a year or two before him, something like that. And as you mentioned earlier, we have the padlocks here. So there are three padlocks on this particular trunk. One is a combination lock, which has, you have the, the three-digit, or maybe it's a four-digit, you can't really tell. I think it's three. One of them actually is with a key that opens with a key, and then the, the third one is behind, and you can't really tell what that one is.
1: The little tiny one,
0: yep. Now, have you ever used a steamer trunk like this before? No, not at all. Uh, I've never seen
1: a steamer trunk like this before. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, those steamer trunks are uh,
0: outside my realm of history. Okay, well when I was when I was a, a little kid and I went away to Sleepaway Camp, I would have one of these. Not this particular color, <laughs> and it didn't have all these stickers, but the the latches that you see on the side. Yeah. The the so I recall having those and you have the latch in the middle, the the lock in the middle, which which basically so for me when I was looking at this this steamer trunk, it, it did bring back memories. You know, they have the the leather handles on the side and stuff like that. So it and I was probably in summer camp around the time that this movie came out. I <laughs> so, wasn't. Uh, <laughs> no, Never you definitely were not. Is... I, if let's put it this way, if your parents sent you to summer camp in 1987, I, I think we need to call the police on your parents. Uh, uh, <laughs> summer camp also not
1: really a thing in the UK. Uh, it's, it's, right. as far as I'm aware, at least. Uh, right. Like uh, yeah. Okay, I can understand. So, I
0: mean, if, if you go no, to summer here, camp, here in Israel, UK, here in to Israel, people now. don't do it either. <laughs> Yeah, here in Israel it's it's rare. Also, people go to day camps; they don't go to right. sleepaway camps, stuff like that. So yeah. All right. So then, uh, basically, Neil looks over at this trunk in disgust. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: I, Well, <laughs> how did he miss it? How did he not see this this behemoth that he tripped over? <laughs> well, well, as we mentioned, he's already seen this trunk
0: in in the script. That's true. Yeah. So that look that look of disgust is like this thing again forget about that. What about the fact that he's just run a few blocks away from the GM building so how did he get all the way there with his trunk? Well, I mean <laughs> is it confirmed that he's just
1: run away from the GM He could have come out of the GM building and then like walked up the road trying to see
0: a cab and then had to run back towards it. No. 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 <laughs> no way. <laughs> nice try, but you see him run. He ran pretty far. Yeah. Even, if it's, even if it's two blocks, forget okay. about that. I mean, Dell has no – how can Dell carry the – we see later how difficult it is for him to carry the trunk. That's true, yeah. So you would think that Dell came out of whatever building he was in, apparently not the GM building anymore because in the original script it was the GM building where he you know, was causing all the problems in the revolving door. So in, in, in this cut, it makes sense that wherever he is, this is the first time we're seeing the trunk. So, you know, he just came out of some building on 54th Street. You know, who knows which, which building. So then we see someone looking uh, and trying to, to hail a cab. And he calls out, cab, cab. Yes, Satan. Satan is in this film. Uh, the devil did did the you show. recognize
1: this actor from anywhere? <laughs> yeah, he's from Die Hard with a Vengeance. This is Nick Wyman. He's one of, the, one
0: of the bad guys. In right. the Vengeance. Okay. My first ever favorite. Targo, film. Targo. Yes, I, I got to say that, that until I looked it up when I was doing research for this, I had no clue that it was the same actor because he does look a lot um, older. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's only eight
1: years between the two. Uh, there was a, That's right. a hard eight years. That's right. No, I'm saying here
0: he looks older. I'm saying oh, he I looks think, older here. Uh, well, I, I don't agree. Yeah. But the way. Well, how old? How old do you think his how old do you think the, the, this
1: actor is when this I'm movie came out? I would guess in this scene, well, I'm just kind of looking at his face now, he's about 40, late 30s. Right.
0: He's 37. Yeah. Okay. There we go. But he does not look like he's, I mean, he's, that, <laughs> that's a very difficult 37. <laughs> <laughs> Life's been hard for this. No, new he, he, boy he definitely he's looks cr- older than that. Um, I, I, well, think,
1: I think he looks older. Well, I mean, he's he's next to Steve Martin, who how old was Steve Martin when this came out? Uh, he was uh, probably in his late forties, if I remember correctly. I Think he was born. He, in... was, uh, he was forty-two when it came out, but because he's got the the yeah the the before his time going going not just grey but white, he's always looked older yes. than he, he is. But you put anyone next to
0: Steve Martin, they look younger. Right, <laughs> in my opinion. That's very true. That's very true. So. Basically, we see Targo hailing a cab and he screams out, Cab, cab. And then Neil finally decides to use your idea of what we were talking about yesterday about trying to take someone else's cab in a nice way. And he says, Sir, sir, excuse me. I know this is your cab, but I'm desperately late for a plane. And I was wondering if I could appeal to your good nature to ask you to let me have it.
1: I don't have a good nature. <laughs> excuse me. I'm a
0: scumbag.
1: <laughs> Pay me,
0: and, and then the cab driver screams out, Come on! Now, I looked up to see who this cab driver was. Well, me, too, me to, too, yeah. So, I was, he, gonna, I was gonna ask if
1: you looked into this
0: because, yeah, he's yes. he's uh, Gitano
1: Lisi, he, he, he has done some other acting, he's one of the pools in Goodfellas. Well, but... well first of all, before we even get to that, he is the assistant director of this movie. That's what I was well, he's he's the assistant director of not just this movie but Groundhog right. Day, it was the first yes. AD Dion, A League of Their right. Own. And additional crew production aid on the Taking of Pelham One Two Three,
0: nineteen seventy four. Yes. Love that film. That's right, I do too. Maybe in a few in a few seasons from now we'll be doing that one too. Who knows? Yeah. He he actually died in twenty twenty at the age of eighty. And did you see who he was married to? I did not. Catherine Ross. Catherine Ross. From the Graduate. Yes, yes indeed. And which casting the Sundance Kid. And Stepford, Stepford Wives, Wives, and Donnie Darko, and Wage of the Damned. And it's interesting
1: that she is in Stepford Wives because uh, uh, I had it a second ago. He did. Uh, he was involved with the the remake of the second Stepford Wives. Oh no, he was sorry. He was, he was a production
0: assistant on the Stepford Wives as well. So maybe that's where they met. Yeah, right. Could be. You never know. Now, one more thing about Targo is that he is actually he only has fifteen movie credits that include Die Hard with a Vengeance. He's had 27 TV credits, but he's mostly been playing in the theater. He actually was part of the cast of Les Mis for over a decade. He played uh, Tenedier, the the innkeeper. Tenedier. Tenedier. Okay. I, my French is, is not that great. So. It, uh, that's...
1: Hmm. I can see him more as a Javert, personally. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't heard him sing, so I, we'll see how that goes. Right. Uh. Maybe maybe you can find it on on YouTube. Because <laughs> Tenardier, as I know it, is a more is like the more comical, uh, like as much as there is comedy in Legos, yes. it comes from that. Oh character come on, Tasha, Baron Cohen did a great so job
0: of, of keeping that comedic.
1: I yeah. agree. I, I one of the few people who really likes that film. Yeah, so do I. I love it. It's it, it's the one of my go
0: to soundtracks is the the 2012 ladies yes. soundtrack. Yes. Mine too. That and, and uh, West Side Story. I, I have a whole bunch of go-to soundtracks, but that, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the so we have the the cab driver screams, "Come on!" And at this point, Neil says, "I offer you ten dollars." <laughs> now, I, I didn't look this up. <laughs> Even in nineteen, exactly. I didn't look this up. I wonder how much it would cost to, to to travel by by taxi from Midtown Manhattan to JFK. You know, I'm wondering how how generous he's trying to be. You know, is it only ten dollars for the trip? I don't know.
1: but ten ten dollars <laughs> uh, and eighty seven equates to through inflation about twenty five dollars today. So you know, if somebody offered me twenty five dollars right. for a cab, I might be tempted. Uh but the, the seventy five right. he ends up paying
0: is a hundred and eighty three dollars ah, fifty. That's crazy. <laughs> and then they, they continue their, their, their bar their bartering. So he goes, 20, I'll give you $20 for it. He goes, I'll take 50. And he says, all right, all right. And then, and then he goes, anyone who'll pay $50 for a cab oh, would certainly pay 70 I hate this guy so much. <laughs> and then his response is, not necessarily. Now, the cab company here is the Blue Express Cab Corporation, which is located at 313 West 53rd Street. Now, we're on 54th Street, so this cab is not far from... Relatively not that far from, from where he's, you know, his, his uh, station is. Something like that. And then, and then we have in the background a few different banks. You can see that there's the Banco Industrial de Venezuela, which is actually located, it's 161 East 54th Street. So we're on the same street. So that, that's still good. It was built in 1983, 32 floors. And it's owned by the Paramount Group who bought it seven years after this movie came out, even though there's movies from Paramount. So I was going to say, they, they raised this one. Yeah, that, that was my first thought also. And then we get a quick shot of the Allied Irish Bank, which is located on one, uh, 1345 6th Avenue. So, you know, it's... it's I, Hopefully it's still in the same vicinity. You know, I, I don't remember how far that is connected to it or anything like that. And then we, we get to the point where... They, con- they continue with, with their bargaining, and Cargo really just <laughs> the way that he looks at him. Also, <laughs> he gives—he's got such a
1: Joker smile yeah. on his face, like a real, real evil Cheshire cat grin.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Oh. And, and while they're talking about it, just you, want we him. see a, a figure show up behind the, te- the cab and bang on the, the, the trunk of the cab, and then the driver looks back. And then the driver actually gets out of the cab. You know, while the driver sees that these two people are having a debate and doesn't really care, he's still going to get out and go help whoever it is that is but banging. They're, on They're the... not
1: talking that loudly, so it's he might not know what's going on here. No, but he does say, "Come on!" He might think these. He knows that they're yeah you know, that someone's someone wants a cab. I mean, the, the... he knows there's a conversation the... happening, but it could be like, "Oh, these two guys know each other," or "This is some argument not connected to this." If somebody else wants my cab, I'm going to. Give them my cab. So I, right. I have no grudge against the uh, the taxi driver for what he does here.
0: Right. Okay. No problem. And then the uh, cab driver then helps a man in a blue winter coat to take yep. a large steamer trunk and put it in the trunk of the cab. Yep. Stranger. No relation to this film. Just uh, pass by. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> and Steve Martin finally agrees to the $75. Yeah. and that is pretty much how this minute ends. <laughs> are
1: you are you going to keep track of how much Steve Martin spends throughout the course of the film? That's a great like, idea, but I don't, really I, don't really or, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's
0: really going to I don't I don't think we're be able to really track that as well. But that that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe you you know, also on, on
1: I kept track of of how much the sharks ate, and converted it into calories. <laughs> and the, the main shark dies basically. <laughs> of how much it eats. <laughs> It's a phenomenal amount of people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, completely. All right. So as we've discussed every day this week, we have this segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guest will tell a story of uh, different types of length. It could be short or long about some kind of travel adventure or misadventure that that either of us has experienced. So for the fifth time let's hear again from Jay. I'll I'll keep my stories for later when some of the guests might have less stories to, to tell. I'm I'm fine with it. It's okay Jay. No problem. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, I I will hog the at the spotlight. Uh so this is it's not really connected to the minute because I didn't have anything taxi related. Uh but I I've sure never met Targo? I've never met Targo. I've never, I've never tried to uh steal City Hall or anything. Um but my wife and I mentioned yesterday we go to Scotland, kind of an annual trip we go to Scotland, and we went to the Outer Hebrides a couple of years back, which is a bunch of islands off of the west coast of Scotland. Uh, not many people go there on holiday, because the weather's ter- generally terrible, but we like going for walks and things. And so we went to uh, Benbecula, we and then we went to a little island called Burneray, up in the north, with a beautiful beach to walk around. It's a very small island. There's a population of like 40 people or something like that. Oh, wow. That. Uh, so... It's it's not somewhere a lot of people live, but it's a beautiful place. There's lots of scenery, wildlife, and and things. Just go for a nice walk and be isolated. And we found this beautiful beach. Walking along the beach, we got to the end of the beach, and our dog Murphy was out in front. He's a labradoodle, and he was just scampered off fine uh, as we left the beach. I I kind of put my foot in the sand and felt my foot sink a little bit. and thought oh, this is like soft, sinky sand. Leapt to safety to like grassy verge off to one side. And it didn't cross my mind to shout a kind of a warning to my wife, who was right behind us, as she stepped into the sand and disappeared to her waist. Seriously? Uh, wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Talk about a sand trap.
1: Yes, absolutely. She just kind of was less quick on her feet than than either myself or the dog and just kind of disappeared. Well, she went she went down to like her upper thigh with one leg and the other leg was already in motion behind it. And so she wow. had both feet in the sand, I had to help pull her out she's fine, uh, but it was one of the scariest things she went, I, I basically asked my wife have we got any travel stories we could tell, and she's like oh that story why then nearly died on the beach it's... <laughs> 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 she remembers that trip uh, so uh, her, her socks were soaked, her shoes were soaked, we were only like a third of the way through this walk so I you know, chivalrously, gallantly sacrificed my socks to wear for the remaining rest of the, the trip and I went sockless for that walk. Uh, basically, whenever we go on a walk now, I take a clean pair of socks with us just in case this happens again. So I've, I've learned from this experience. Wow. Uh, but yeah. Very chivalrous. I like to think so. Very chivalrous. Yeah. And she, you know, she blames me for not warning her. As long as your wife thinks so, that's the important yeah, thing. I, I'm, I'm blamed for not not warning her, so it's the least I could do was to, to offer my socks uh, for the journey. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So... Basically I, I wanted to quickly talk about some of the differences in, in the original script than in what was in the final cut. So we have first of all after Kevin Bacon jumps into the cab and slams the door. So Neil picks himself up and he cleans himself off. And then what he then we see that there's a it says the steamer trunk that causes caused the delay in the revolving door sits innocently at the curb between two parked cars. So then Neil then kicks the trunk because he
1: realizes that that's what he tripped over. I like the description that the the trunk sits innocently, as if the trunk could sit
0: maliciously. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Then it says, more traffic, people hailing cabs, arms waving like palm trees in a typhoon. (laughs) Okay, John Hughes. I mean, John Hughes is so descriptive in things that he doesn't need to be descriptive in, which is just really funny. And then he starts talking about the they start about the the lawyer. And then uh, Neil looks at his watch again, and it says that it's five eleven. So I, this is something that I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't show, because it would have added to the tension the fact that we see that how much time is is going by. Because yeah. you really don't know how much how much time has passed.
1: And it keeps establishing the watch, which comes into play later in the film. We've we've seen it once, but we could
0: we could see it again. Uh. Yes. And at this point he starts haggling with the with 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 the with Targo and they start talking about the different amounts and stuff like that. And basically after Neil says not necessarily, you know, 'cause he says, well anyone who pay fifty dollars will surely pay seventy five, and then he says not necessarily, so then you have Targo basically shrug and reach out to start get into the cab, which we don't see here. Yeah. Uh, You know, we don't see him actively saying, all right, well, you know what? If you don't want to give me the 75, then I'll, then, exactly. And then, then at that point, Neil agrees to the 75. So, I mean, again, minor, minor differences at this point, but still fun to, to, to listen to and, and look through. So one last thing we need to do for today, as we've talked about on Monday and on Wednesday. So we have these top fives that I'm going to want all my guests to give me so that at the final week of this show, I'll tabulate all the various responses and see what order my guests and I rank the five movies of these three people. So we had Steve Martin on Monday, Martin Monday. Then we had John Hughes on Wednesday for Hughes Hump Day. And then today we have Weekend Candy for John Candy. So Jay, what are your top five
1: candy performances? I, I'm confused why you're asking because judging by this week, he's clearly not in the film. But okay, yeah. uh, his, his but, new jacket is. But before I get into it, I've well, mentioned yesterday the connections between Kevin Bacon and and John Candy. Uh, John Candy has a brief cameo, and she's having a baby. So, mm. so just, I know, all the listeners are in uproar that that wasn't mentioned yesterday, but there we got it in. So uh, so my number five, Cool Runnings. Love Cool Runnings, probably my, one of my favorite sports movies. Because I don't like sports movies. Because uh, I don't like sports. Number four is Blues Brothers. It's a small role for John Candy, but I I adore the Blues Brothers. It's wonderful film. Number three, you can think it's too low, but it's this film. Planes, Trains, wow. The bills. This yeah, is my much three, too, low, much too low in my yeah. opinion, but yeah, go ahead. Um, my number two was my number one Steve Martin film, It's Little Shop of Horrors. Again, very small John Candy role, just on on the, on the radio there, but he's in it, it counts. Uh, my number one John Candy film, I watched it recently, <laughs> Home Alone, I adore Home Alone. Home is a perfect film, uh, and he's what, just one of the many aspects that makes that a delight to watch every year.
0: Wow. Okay. Great. So, Jade, do you want to once a, once again for the final time tell people how they can get in touch with you if if they want to? When they want to. If they don't, when they
1: want to. If they want to, I, I've mentioned at the start of the week through We See the podcast where we did the Deep We See franchise one chapter at a time. Uh, by the time this episode gets released or in the near future I may have moved on to my next uh movies by minute adjacent project, which will be Conair podcast where my co host Mark Hoffmeyer and I will be doing the uh the Nick Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich classic cool. Conair scene by scene. I think we've broken it into about forty chunks. Yeah, you guys are just doing the easy uh, way not, the not easy way out. Well, it's it's a time thing. We we like the the longer show, We're looking at a slightly longer period of time, but it's still gonna be it's gonna be over forty weeks. Which if we did it minute by minute, it would be quicker. Yeah. So probably, <laughs> um, but we'd we like to dig into it for about an hour rather than these smaller chunks. But each to their own. I love listening to MX's Well, Jay, shows. These, these, these shows uh, this week.
0: Have, have been much longer I know, than most. I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's what happens when i want to That's podcast. okay. I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah, so Conair, the podcast, is where you can find us. That might be the official name by the time it comes out. So if you look for Deep Blue Sea Pod on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we will probably have a link from there to Conair Pod
0: somewhere. Okay, cool. Uh, That's, I'm, I'm looking forward. I, I love Conair. I'm, I'm not a Nicolas Cage fan, but I still love that movie. I think it's great. <laughs> I am
1: a Nick Cage film. I watched Willy's Wonderland this morning, uh, which is a, a delightful Nick Cage film from from last year. I have
0: absolutely no idea uh, who
1: he is. fights. Uh, he he fights, he gets, a, he's in a, he has to spend the night in a, a theme park where the animatronic uh, animal mascot kind of characters are possessed and alive and try to kill him. Ooh.
0: It's wonderful. Hopefully this scene Hopefully they succeed. All oh, right. So, <laughs> well, that's,
1: that's, that's one of the reasons.
0: That's one of the reasons why why I always love watching Leaving Las Vegas because he dies in it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm still a fan of the National Treasure for some reason. I I still like because him. It's in them. Really good. Yes, yeah, I know, but I'm saying is. I don't normally like Nicolas Cage, so whatever. All right. Wow. So while you're while you're checking out Con Air Pod. You can go rate and review and subscribe any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. Just search for Movie Rob Minute on Facebook, on Twitter, and look at the website if you want. Also, so have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you on Monday with a new guest. But until then, you're (coughs) fine. Bye. You're (coughs)
1: fine.